If you got a Bible, go to Psalm 37, verse 25. And I want to just set up this, this message today. You're going to see a documentary that tells you the story of victory. And I believe you're going to be inspired, encouraged. It's about 15 minutes long, and, and it's really, it's not just a documentary. It's, it's a sermon, and it's a, it's a sermon of inspiration. And I think these scriptures I want to share with you really encompass what it's all about. David said in Psalm 37, 25, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. You know, I've seen it over the years that God has been faithful through all the different seasons. When there was a famine going on in the earth, God was still faithful to take care of his kids. Even like when you look at the stories in the Bible, when there was a, a pandemic, when there was a famine, when the, when the economy was down, God was still faithful to take care of his kids. And he's still faithful to do it today. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 7, verse 9, it says, Know that the Lord your God is God, and he is a faithful God. Everybody say faithful God. I want to just title this weekend, 40 Years of Faithfulness. He has been faithful through it all. We have weathered storms. We've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. But God has been faithful. He has not forsaken his bride. He is committed to his church. He is still on the throne no matter what happens. And listen, when you choose a church, you're choosing to commit to a group of people that are flawed. But you're serving a God who's perfect. And he works through flawed people. How many of you guys have some relatives that have some issues? You know, your family's not perfect. Yeah. They might be sitting right next to you. You're like, it's my husband, it's my uncle, it's, it's Uncle Buck over here, you know, whoever it is. But the truth is, you know, this church is made up of a lot of people who probably um, have had all kinds of issues, flaws, mistakes, gotten offended, gotten hurt, but they've just decided to stay committed. You know, critics didn't build the church and critics can't destroy a church. Consumers didn't build a church and consumers, when they leave to go find something else to consume, they're not going to destroy the church either. Who, who builds the church is, is Christ, but he works through committed people of God who, who say, come hell or high water, I'm staying in this group, and I'm going to build something with these people. When God calls you to a place, and some of you, you're new here, and, and you're realizing there's a calling to victory. You're, you're sitting in the services, and you're going, man, I feel called here. I just Something pulls me to victory. Don't lose that, because that's the Holy Spirit saying, stay with it even when you get offended, even when people may, may hurt your feelings. Like, that's what's beautiful about the bride of Christ, the church, is that we commit to build something together through it all. And when we do that, just like the early church did, the disciples did, we see amazing things. Over 40 years, we've seen millions of people saved, millions of people um, fed. We've seen amazing, like, Bible schools and churches that we've planted and orphanages that we've started and hospitals that we've helped build and dream centers that, that we've helped establish. Why? Because a group of people committed their lives to say, hey, we are going to be a part of building something great together. We're going to let God's faithfulness work through us. Before, I show, before we show this documentary, I just want to honor those who are in the room today who've been part of Victory for longer than a decade. If you've been part of Victory for more than 10 years, will you stand up? I just want to look around the room at some of the long-term members that have been in this house that have helped build this church. You've, you've weathered some of the transitions, the storms. You just stayed with it. Come on, cheer on around the room. You guys were here before I was the pastor. You were here during some of the years that, that was tough, but you just you stood with us. 
I want you to stay standing if you've been part of Victory for more than 20 years. More than 20 years. Stay standing. If you've been here for 20 years or longer, this has been your home church. Come on, this is amazing. I'm looking around the room at different families, different ones. I see Ginger over here, the Alinskys. Come on, this is incredible. Ray over here. Ray was my Royal Rangers commander. When I was five years old, I was a buckaroo, and he was the buckaroo commander at, at Victory Royal Rangers. Come on. If you've been part of Victory for 30 years or longer, would you stay standing? Come on, Mary Malden, Josh. Me and Josh grew up together. The Kleins, come on. 30 years, you've been here for 30 years. That, that deserves better than a golf clap. That takes some real commitment to stay with the church. You know, I look at some of the young guys in here that I grew up with, and we were sons of parents. I look at Daniel over here, and Josh, and, and our parents brought us to church. I just wanna say something to the moms and dads in the room. You have no clue what you're doing. I mean, you do, but you do, you do, you do, I'm sorry. You know exactly what you're doing. We didn't know what you were doing until we got older and we realized you were showing us what faithfulness looks like, how to be a part of a church, how to, how to hear God's voice, where to go when we're hurting, where to go when we're tired. We go to church. Where to go when we don't know what to do, what decision to make. We go to church. We're gonna hear from God. We're gonna worship. And I just look around this room and I see legacies. I see families. I see generations. If you've been part of Victory since the beginning for 40 years, would you stay standing? Any 40-year members in the church? I'm looking. I see some in the very back up there. I see Alan Pat right here in the front. Come on, 40 years of faithfulness. Come on. Incredible. Right back there. One more time, let's give a big hand to all those that have been a part of this house. God is faithful. Well, you're about to watch a, a short little documentary that shares the story of victory, and then I'm gonna step up out of it and, and, and close us out with a time of worship and, and altar call. But I just pray as you watch this that you would be inspired. It's the story of victory, and, and I believe that God has a story for you. In fact, I feel like when my dad took us out to the empty field and asked us what we see, and he saw something in his heart, we didn't see it yet. He said, you gotta see it in here before you see it out there. I feel like watching this video is one of those opportunities where you are out on a field and God's asking you as you watch this to look at your own life and say, what do you see in the next 30 years? Take, take yourself out on that empty field and say, what do I see for my kids, for my, my future marriage, for the singles in the room? What do I see? What does the future look like? The best days are not behind you. They're still in front of you. It's my honor and privilege to present to you today 40 years of victory. We went out on the road traveling in ministry, came back, and then in January of 1979, the church voted us in to be pastors back here at Sheridan Christian Center. During that year and a half of being pastors, uh, the church grew from around 300 to 2,000. We could not expand where we were, and we uh, took over a car lot, which then became our beginnings of Victory Christian Center. 
When we began our church, Easter Sunday of 1982, in a new location, not all of the other church wanted to go with us. They kept their location and their church there, and we started Victory that Sunday. We didn't know who would show up. It ended up that 1,600 people showed up that Sunday, which was to our surprise. The early years, we came to check it out and, and absolutely fell in love with it and began to volunteer and began to serve. And, uh, you know, the, the church continued to explode uh, to the point that Pastor Billy Joe was doing six Sunday services. In 1982, God opened the door for us to meet at the Oral Roberts University Maybe Center. So we began to meet in the ORU Maybe Center as a congregation uh, August of 1982. And we walked into the Maybe Center and I just felt the Spirit of the Lord come over us. And I leaned over to my wife and I said, honey, this is our church home. And we've just got our roots settled here and we've been here now 33 years. Just, just helping and loving and serving people. When we began to pastor, we wanted to, we wanted to be mission focused. We realized there needed to be a training center here in, in America to train up those that were people of faith uh, in the charismatic movement because there wasn't any training centers at that time. We started a, a missions training center through our Bible school during the early 80s. So we began Victory Bible uh, College as well as our Victory Christian School the first year we've started our church. People told my husband, you don't do that. That's not a smart thing. But my husband was one of these that he just wanted to do everything at once. I mean, they're just exploding. And then the school began to explode uh, as well. And I was the, one of the first uh, athletic director for the school. And as the school would explode, you would, you would open a closet door and there would be someone in there typing because we were completely out of space. And we had 38 different sports teams with no athletic facilities. I mean, it's such an amazing beginning, but yet so much hard work as well. I just stood there uh, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I heard in my spirit, he said, I want you to, to support Billy Joe. We heard three different prophetic voices Brother Roberts, Brother Hagen, Brother Kenneth Copeland prophesied and said, if you're in debt, get out of debt. It'll be critical for the days ahead for the end times. So that was very strong in us. Get out of debt, stay out of debt, build debt free, buy debt free. We got out of debt. Um, when the Lord spoke to my husband about the property across the street from ORU, he wanted it to be something that other people felt too. So he asked several men in our church, pray about where you think we should be. And um, they all came back and said, we feel like we need to be somewhere by ORU. So we cast the vision for this property. People got on board with it immediately. They felt it in their hearts. The Lord spoke to my husband, give away the seed you have in your hand. So when he announced that we were going to get the property, everybody was happy. Then he said, we're gonna give the seed we have in our hand, which is $700,000, because it's not enough to pay for it. As he said, we were meeting in the Maybe Center, and literally all the air was sucked out of the Maybe Center. I mean, <gasps> what? And, and, and some people got angry, and they were like, oh my gosh, this is, this is nuts, this is crazy. And then others said, Pastor, we're with you. But, it, but it, it, you know, we began to watch what God did, and they sowed that 700,000. Uh, into missionaries, they, they begin to sow it around the world. And then we begin to release our faith. 
And that's what Pastor continually just began to speak into us, was that, that miracles happen off of seed. That when you sow seed, you have to have it in the ground to have a harvest. And we begin to watch over the next seven months the miracle of raising $3.5 million cash in that amount of time. Now you have to understand, our, I believe our church budget, the entire church budget at that time was only $2 million. And so this has had to be over and above. And we had, and it had been years to raise the $700,000. So you see the miracle that happened there. And we all got to walk through it. We all got to, to empty our bank accounts. And literally, uh, people were calling in, and, and we were part of the team that were, were running out and picking up checks and addresses because it had to be before midnight of this certain day. And the miracle happened that uh, just a few minutes before midnight, Mike McCutcheon, who was our CFO at the time, told Pastor, he said, Pastor, you can write the check. And it's interesting that Pastor tells a story. He said, I wrote a $3.5 million check with a 50-cent big pen. <laughs> so anyway, it was a supernatural miracle that we're still experiencing today. In the late 80s, Pastor Billy Joe shared that the church was going to change. But he really wasn't about numbers. He was really about souls. He really had a heart for the souls of people. And so he said to the congregation, we're going to buy some buses. We're going to get the poor and the needy. We're going to bus kids in, and we're going to just reach out and just serve and help people. A lot of people didn't like it, you know, and some of them left. And he just said, I know what God told me to do. He wanted to reach the unchurched, and that's what he did. And it changed the culture of victory at that time in the late 80s. And that's what we still have today, which I'm so grateful for. In the 1990s, I was just transitioning out from the nursery to the outreach. And so they were looking for someone to oversee the outreaches that had started with Crusade. We'd go out and put up a tent every Friday night and on minister to the people on Friday night and Saturday mornings. We would take clothing to give away on Saturday. We, on Saturday, we also had a medical clinic. We also had food uh, distribution. So we had something to put in the hands of the people that needed the help. So it wasn't just a ministry. And we also provided legal assistance at that time. And so all during the mid-90s, we served in apartment complexes all over this city. Every time we went, somebody got saved. Every time we went, people were healed and delivered and ministered to. Because at that time, he had read in the newspaper that the highest crime rate area in North Tulsa was 46 in North Cincinnati. And so he had read that, and he had talked to his family, Pastor Sharon and the kids, and they got in a car and drove out, and they just uh, stretched their hands out and prayed, Lord, give us land in this area. My husband received a phone call one day from two ladies that were not members of our church, they said, we felt like we would just see if we could give you 11 acres of our property that we have in uh, North Tulsa that we inherited. And so right where we had pulled up and prayed for land was their property. We didn't even know that. At that time, they decided to uh, deed 10.9 uh, acres 
to Victory Christian Center to start the Tulsa Dream Center. When we laid the foundation for the Tulsa Dream Center, uh, and I'll never forget it, he did not know what to call it at the time because nobody knew you know, what the name of it would be. And so he got that name from Tommy Barnett in Phoenix, Arizona, because it was going to be a ministry for all of Tulsa to come together to meet the needs of the people, north, south, east, and west. Pastor Billy Joe told me, he said, he sat me down before we opened, and he said, I don't want this place to be just another resource center. I want it to be a place of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Let people know that we love you, God loves you, we accept you just as you are, and we're all forgiven. And that's what happened, because it's a place of ministry. He said, people can go anywhere and get food. They can go anywhere and get clothing, you know, but he said, when they come here, I want you to love on them, you know, give them hope and encouragement. So that was the beginning of the ministry side. And so we started ministering to the people from all aspects. And so every area people would go into, there would be somebody there to pray with them. It was actually in 1991 when my late husband and I went to Russia and that door had opened. The Lord spoke to Pastor Billy Joe that he was to give a week out of his schedule uh, for 18 months to go to St. Petersburg, Russia. Russia at the time I was, was in turmoil, literally it was crumbling and the door was open to go to Russia. So he went and, um, and basically we rented an auditorium that seated 22,000 people. We brought 1.5 million New Life books in Russian language, and that's a whole story in itself. And then uh, our Bibles, the Bibles that we were able to attain. We had people from Baptist churches, uh, other churches that, that didn't go to this church, but because we were taking Bibles, they wanted to give and sow seed into those Bibles going to Russia. The pastor went every month for 18 months and held seven meetings spoke into pastors, held, uh, you know, conferences. and But as we filled that building every service, we saw literally hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ. And, and, it, and it really, I believe Russia is changed today because of that obedience to God. So Russia was a special place. It was, a, it was an opening in a time period that it was wide open and pastor stepped into that miracle right at the right time. Pastor sat down in my office and he said, listen, I feel like we're to do an international crusade once a month. So every month I wanna do an international crusade. So at that point then we began to, to orchestrate and to set up 22 international crusades in, the, in, the, in 24 months. That's really what launched IVBI's going around the world because every place that we did a crusade we started a bible school and we met with pastors and we shared with them uh, the impact of what a bible school would do in fact pastor billy joe even said this he said i feel like probably one of the greatest contributions that victory will ever make in the world will be to plant bible schools around the world and and the impact that ivbi would have uh, in training up men and women in the word of god training up pastors and leaders and entrepreneurs and teaching them how to hear the voice of God. He said, that'll be the greatest contribution I believe we'll make as victory. Those of you that are sitting in this uh, church, you're sitting in vision that was fulfilled. Uh, you're sitting in faith that 
uh, was planted, seeds that were planted of many others that have gone on before us, that believed in the vision, this vision of reaching the world. We had planned on building a sanctuary for many years, but we were focused on reaching the nations, reaching the harvest. And then in 2000, year 2000, was when my husband began to sense we've got to start focusing now on building the sanctuary. We were still meeting in the ORU Maybe Center. So we met in the ORU Maybe Center from 1982 until 2007, that summer. During that, that uh, March of 2007 was when we moved into this building. And when we moved into the building, what a celebration. It was like a completion. We called that part of our ministry finishing strong. We paid as we went. So we had to pray for the Holy Spirit just to help in the building that God would wonderfully provide every week and would make a way for us. November 2009, my husband passed and we were not planning on that. He reached out with his soul. His soul seemed to have hands, and his hands seemed to be filled with love. Everybody he touched, he loved. So you'd say, John, I love you, and I believe in you. And everywhere he went, he was serving, and, and always looking to serve people. I know this was his passion, because the harvest is about people. The harvest represents people who are in need of God. You know, I just want to end with um, just the last words that I really felt like Dad said to us, is that you are valuable. Your life is valuable. So spend it wisely. The week before, my husband asked for a piece of paper, and he wrote on a piece of paper, I believe in my absence from the pulpit, my wife should step in. And this needs to be agreed upon by the board, of course. And then his hand trailed off. And then he called our associate pastor, Pastor Bruce Edwards, and he said, I need, to, I need to tell you that Paul, I think, is the one, but he's not ready yet. I need to know you'll be here when that transition happens. And so Pastor Bruce said, yes. The Lord spoke to my heart and he said, the vision hasn't stopped. You've got to continue the vision. So I prayed and I fasted. I remember thinking, God, help me. And so when Pastor Sharon stepped in and began to literally steady the ship and and through that difficult time, she did such an amazing job. You know, it was just such a difficult time, but we saw incredible miracles happen through that time. When my husband died, we had uh, a little over 900 IBBIs around the world, Victory Bible Institutes around the world, various countries. But we felt the vision for Victory Bible College needed to continue here, our home base. So we had started building a building for a dormitory, and we finished that after he died, and then we built another dormitory for the Victory College students here. Another thing we expanded for our Victory Christian School was they needed a track, and they needed to uh, have a uh, new football field uh, laid down. There was various things which we, we did that were additional as we were going forward. All of these were uh, financial investments that we made, but they were for us to expand in our reach. And the Holy Spirit was speaking uh, to me during that time. He said, it'll be five years, the fifth year you'll transition to your son Paul. It came in August of 2014 that I transitioned to my son Paul. 
and, and Ashley, and they step forward as the pastors of victory. We pass this baton to you as a symbol of our transitioning from me to you, from your father to you. We believe you're the one. I look at it now and I just think, oh God, to see what you're doing. Because God spoke to my heart. He said, he will be a voice to this generation. And I believe that that happened and has been happening. Somebody asked me, what's your agenda for the future? And then I thought of it. My agenda is for his agenda to be fulfilled. That's all it is. across the country closed their doors amid the coronavirus pandemic. One church in Oklahoma is keeping the faith in a new way with drive-in services that you can see right there in the church parking lot. Their outreach has also fed more than 50,000 people with groceries and hot meals. I'm meeting people out on the streets. They're like, oh, you're part of that rooftop church. You're part of that church that won't shut down. You're part of that church that's opening up in the middle of craziness, that's shouting the name of Jesus. Come on, church, let's stand up together. Come on, let's worship in this world. He's never lost a battle. He's always been faithful. Come on, for 40 years, God has been faithful to this church and he's not stopping and we're not stopping and the best is yet to come. Come on, the next 40 are gonna be even greater than the last 40. Why? Because God takes us from glory to glory. 
He's faithful. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I just feel to pray right now at the end of this service for people in the room who maybe there's a dream in your heart. And as you were watching this, you were inspired, but maybe you also were just battling those feelings of could it, could it come to pass for me? Could the dream in my heart, the desire in my heart, the prayer that I'm praying for my family, for my future, for the ministry, the, the, the business, whatever it is, the dream in your heart. I just feel to pray for people who are carrying something inside you that hasn't happened yet. You know, my dad carried this building in his heart for 20 years. We were renting out that baby center from 1982 till 2007. For 25 years, we were a mobile church. He was carrying something while he was watching his friends build a church, build something over there, but he never let it go. And God was faithful to complete it right before my father passed. He didn't get to see everything we're seeing today from this lens, but he's getting to see it from heaven. And I know he's shouting up in heaven over this 40 year celebration. But you know, I just feel, I wanna pray for those of you that are in the room today. And maybe it's a prayer for your son, maybe it's a prayer for your dad, maybe it's, maybe it's a dream in your heart, whatever it is. I just feel to pray that you would hold on to that, that internal dream, that prayer inside you that hasn't been fulfilled yet. Because this is a, this is a time to celebrate, but also sit back and reflect and go, we wouldn't be here today had they lost sight of the dream. Had they given up 10 years in because we didn't have a building yet, 20 years in because we, didn't, we, weren't, we weren't where we needed to be, 30 years in when I remember in 2012, we could make a whole movie out of certain years. Are we going to get through this year? Are we going to make it? Are we going to have to shut down the, the Dream Center, the school? But I look at all those years when I thought we were going to have to shut down or give this to another ministry or someone else. It's like God was saying, nope, I'm not finished with you yet. I'm not finished with your church. I'm not finished with the story of victory. I'm just getting started. And I believe he's saying that prophetically over some of you in the room today. You're standing on a field and God's saying, don't lose sight of the dream for your son, for your daughter, for your business, for the ministry in your heart. So I want to pray for you. If that's you across this room, just raise your hand. You're saying, there's something in my heart that hasn't happened yet. But today I was inspired that if God did it for victory, he could do it for me. If God did it for the Darty family, he could do it for my family. If he did it for Billy Joe's son, he could do it for my son. Come on, he's not a respecter of persons. If he does it for one, he can do it for another. And all over this room, if you raise your hand and you just feel called to come down to the altar, I want you to leave your seat. I, I just feel like we should open this altar, kind of make it a 40 year anniversary altar for people who are believing God for a dream, a prayer in their heart to come to pass. You're watching this weekend and you're going, man, I'm inspired, but I'm also convicted to not let go of that thing in my heart that I've been standing on, that I've been praying for, to, to put my trust and my faith in God's faithfulness, to release my faith for the, for the supernatural, for the miraculous, that he's never lost a battle and he never will, that he's faithful. He's faithful from generation to generation, from David to Solomon, from Moses to Joshua, he's faithful. He's faithful, mom. He's faithful. He's faithful, grand grand. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. 40 years and he's still doing it. And he's got more. There's more in store for you, for your family, for your kids. Lord, I just pray right now, God, you know what's going on. Worship team, why don't you just lead us in that song again? Lord, I just pray right now for every person at this altar. God, I know that you know what's going on in their hearts, in their lives. 
You know the dreams, the needs, the desires. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to finish what you started. You're faithful to finish what you began. He has not forsaken you. He has not forsaken your family. He's not forsaken the dream that he put inside your heart. If he spoke it, he's going to do it. Don't let go. He's faithful. He's faithful through the storms of your life. He's faithful through the loss. Even when you lost your grandpa, even when you lost your husband, he's still faithful. He's still faithful. He's going to be with you in the future. He's going to help you. He's going to fulfill the dream that he placed in your heart. Don't let go of it. Isn't he faithful through the storms? Isn't he faithful through the changes? He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful, Benet. He's faithful. He's faithful. Maybe you're in the room today and you say, Paul, I'm not right with God, but I want to get right with God. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. If that's you, just lift your hand. I want to, I want to just celebrate today anyone who's taken that next step to give their heart to Jesus. I see hands going up. Let's cheer on today that there's prodigal sons, daughters, sinners, that the heavens go wild when one sinner repents. Today is a new day. It's a new day. Today's a day for salvation. Today's a day to remember not to despise small beginnings, not to despise the season that you're in, but to hold on to the dream that he's placed in your heart. Mom, I just wanna thank you one more time. And grand grand and dad up in heaven, just wanna thank the obedience of, of our forefathers. We wanna thank the obedience of the generals that paved a path for us so we could be here today. Lord, I just pray, God, over every person, a special blessing. I pray, God, that you would be with them. God, that you would guide them, direct them. Lord, you know what you've placed in their hearts that has not come to pass yet. I thank you that you're faithful to do it. You're faithful. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of the things that you've forgotten about. The things that you've written off, he says, I, I can still do that. I can still fulfill that dream to be married, to have kids, to see your family back in church. Lord, I just pray, God, for those dreams, those prayers they've been praying, whatever it is, God, that you would just show your faithfulness in their life. God, that even through the loss, even through the storms, even through the disappointments, you're still good. Even when we don't get to see the miracle we wanted to see, God, that you still Give us a miracle, God, of, of new beginnings and grace, God, and the other side of the disappointment that we still have victory, God. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name that you would even just today, God, give us that, 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 that joy of reflecting back on the years that you've walked us through, the hills, the valleys, the storms, the sunny days, God, the rainy days, and you've been there. You've been there with us. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness. You are faithful. You went to the cross for my sins. You rose from the dead. 
you are my Lord and Savior. I receive your forgiveness. I repent. I receive your salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for being faithful to me through all these years. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.